The Rural Health Voice, Episode 72, VRHA Leadership. Welcome to the Rural Health Voice. I am Beth O'Connor, your host. We discuss rural health issues at the grassroots level and how state and federal policies play out in our local communities. How do organizations such as the Virginia Rural Health Association assure they are serving all of rural Virginia? Brian Price, past president of the VRHA, joined me to discuss rural health leadership. Welcome, Brian. Thank you. Appreciate it, Beth. Oh, we're so glad to have you here. Now, you, of course, are the immediate past president of the Virginia Rural Health Association, and we have so much appreciated your service. But what's your day job? What do you do for a living? Well, I work for the University of Virginia uh, in their cancer center. I'm a research assistant for community outreach located in Southside, Virginia. Uh, I live in South Boston, Virginia, but uh, my office is in Danville. Uh, So I cover the counties along the uh, North Carolina border that are in our catchment area. And why are you interested in rural health issues? Well, uh, we live uh, in a rural area. Uh, Southside is considered a rural area. So um, anything that deals with uh, rural health uh, affects us. And so learning as much as I possibly can about rural health uh, gives me the opportunity to improve rural health in the community in which I live and work. And how did you first learn about the Virginia Rural Health Association? Well, uh, as a matter of fact, the Virginia Rural Health Conference was being held in my uh, city where I live, South Boston. And I heard that there was going to be a great conference there in my backyard. And so I said, well, this is a great time to find out what's going on. uh, in the Virginia Rural Health Association and see how I can become involved. And you came involved. You got very involved. Yes, yes. Uh, after not long after, uh, I reached out to you and uh, let you know of my interest of being involved uh, with the Virginia Rural Health Association to see what I could do to help the organization. And before I knew it, I was on the board. You were. And so thinking about that, you know, that first event and some of our preliminary conversations. What was it that said to you, hey, this is a group I want to be involved in? Well, first of all, uh, I saw the work that was being done. Um, I saw the work uh, that had applications in the area that I lived, but I didn't see many people from my area that were involved. I didn't see many people um, that looked like me that were involved. And so I said, you know, I could Uh, kill two birds with one stone and provide that information to um, my community, but also provide uh, VRHA some uh, representation and different voices and different perspectives uh, than they had at that current time. Yeah, absolutely. And and Virginia Rural Health Association, you know, as you know, since you've been the president, has done a number of things in recent years to, you know, as you said, Involve more people that look like you, involve different voices, take a look, hard look at diversity. Uh, we recently launched our Pride of Rural Virginia project. You know, what other things do you think that the Virginia Rural Health Association can do 
to make sure that we're looking at rural health from all sorts of perspectives? I think just uh, having more representation, uh, being intentional about making sure that uh, the different segments and different demographics of the Virginia rural community um, are represented, um, they're involved, and that their uh, thoughts are being heard and that their ideas are being uh, implemented uh, in the community. And if so, then it makes all of rural better. And so that's the reason. Sure, because the Virginia Rural Health Association says that we, you know, work to improve health and health care for rural Virginia. That's going to include all of rural Virginia. That is 100% true, Beth. And of course, you and I have had a couple conversations about how do we take that to the national level and make sure that the National Rural Health Association does the same. Yes, because, you know, some people have the impression that, you know, rural is one demographic, whereas rural is, you know, makes up many, many different demographics. And when that demographic or those demographics are not represented, you leave out a segment of the population or segments of the population. So having that diversity, having that representation, you know, it just makes all of rural better. Sure. Just like we wouldn't exclude women from healthcare activities, we shouldn't exclude any minoritized population. That's exactly right. Exactly right. So as president and as a board member, you've been hanging out with us for a little over four years now. What do you consider to be some of VRHA's successes? Uh, the thing that stands out to me, uh, because it was a, a, a pet project of mine, of course, was the Pride of Rural Virginia, uh, which provided the LGBTQ plus community um, an opportunity to address some issues that uh, were being faced by that community. Uh, the LGBTQ community is already a marginalized community. And when you added the extra layer of rurality, it even uh, made those particular uh, things that they had and things that they needed, it just elevated those, uh, those risks. It just made them more prominent. So addressing uh, that particular community uh, helps all of rural Virginia. And so, you know, that is a project that I am very passionate about and, and looking forward to see, you know, what the progress is going to be. Looking forward to see how we can make uh, healthcare a little uh, bit more accessible and also make all of our rural citizens feel comfortable in a healthcare setting. So from your perspective, what are some specific concerns for the LGBTQ plus community? Um, number one is the stigma uh, of being uh, in the LGBTQ community in some uh, rural areas, which are small. Um, so, you know, some people are very private about uh, their sexual identity or their gender identity. They're very private about those things. But in a small town, it's very hard to be private in a small town. So uh, a lot of people will not go for services locally. They'll travel to go to services or they will not go to services at all. So trying to eliminate that stigma uh, for people to be able to get medical service near to them, get medical service that is close to them and convenient to them, uh, is a great thing 
to have. Yeah. And one of the things that we've talked about during the pride events is that, you know, HIPAA only does so much when your nurse is also your neighbor or your aunt or your Sunday school teacher. And let's face it, in some rural communities, she might be your neighbor and your aunt and your Sunday school teacher. All in one. So, you know, those small communities, you know, it's hard to keep secrets in, in small communities. So, you know, eliminating that stigma, educating the uh, the healthcare system as to the different people that they may meet, and then also making people feel comfortable regardless of the setting uh, to, get, to receive healthcare, that's a win-win for everybody. Mm-hmm. Now, in addition to being in the leadership of the Virginia Rural Health Association, you also decided to apply and were accepted to be a fellow within the National Rural Health Association. What's that process been like? That has been a very interesting process. Uh, in my uh, former careers and in my current career, I do a lot of programming, uh, do a lot of uh, screening programming. Uh, with the Rural Health uh, Fellowship, I learned about the policy side of healthcare, the policy side of, of how to get things done. So not only treating people uh, through programming, but also changing the policies that uh, may help those programs be better or may provide uh, programs for people that don't have programs. So being involved in the Rural Health Fellowship has taught me uh, how to communicate with legislators, uh, how to write a a policy brief that legislators can look at and, and understand the situation uh, for healthcare in a rural setting, and then also give some recommendations to those legislators of ways that uh, healthcare in rural settings can be improved. So it's been a great experience. Uh, I'd never been a part of writing a policy paper before, but uh, learning that process, learning how it's done, learning how it is uh, distributed to the Uh, legislators and learning how the legislators act upon those uh, different policy briefs has been an eye-opening experience for me. So what policy issues did you look at? We looked at uh, decreasing the the gap between uh, mortality for rural citizens and uh, urban citizens. So looking at ways that we, you know, could decrease that gap so that, you know, everyone lives and has the, a similar quality of life so that your zip code or if you're urban rural does not determine uh, how long you will live or, or uh, how, what your quality of life will be. So what were some of your recommendations? Some of our recommendations were uh, at, like EMS, you know, providing uh, better EMS, uh, providing uh, more broadband access uh, for people, uh, making sure that we took into consideration what COVID has done to highlight all of the inequities between uh, an urban setting and a rural setting. And those are just, you know, a few of the recommendations that we made. And you talked a little bit about what you thought VRHA's successes were, what challenges do you see for the Virginia Rural Health Association in the future? 
I think one of the challenges that I see is that COVID uh, and the pandemic has just brought to the forefront so many issues of access to healthcare. And um, I think that because of COVID, it's making the the whole healthcare industry and the the whole uh, folks that are working in healthcare look at what we do and look at how we do it and try to find the best ways in order to get those done because, you know, COVID has just highlighted all of these things. And so now that we've seen these things, what are we going to do about them? Sure. So we've seen a lot of problems where, you know, we knew there was an issue, but then with COVID, we put that issue under pressure and it really popped out. So barriers with transportation, with internet, with access to specialists, everything popped out in clear relief. Yes, because you think uh, telehealth is, you know, the the buzzword of, you know, a, 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 another avenue in which people can go and, you know, have their doctor's appointments. They can stay in touch with their doctor. But if you don't have broadband, if you don't have uh, the technology access, if you don't have that signal in your area, then telehealth is not an option that you can afford to use. That's not something that's available to you. So, you know, just thinking just along the lines of telehealth, it's shown that, you know, broadband, uh, where some people might consider it a luxury, you know, it, it may be a necessity uh, for folks that, especially folks that live in rural areas. Yeah. I mean, personally, I don't have broadband at my house. I couldn't conduct this interview from my house. I couldn't do a telehealth visit from my house. I couldn't take, you know, healthcare education classes from my house. None of that's going to happen anywhere but at my office. And that's the same for me. Uh, in where I live in Halifax County, I don't have broadband. You know, I, I use the uh, hotspot from my uh, telephone. I don't have wired broadband. So, you know, with your with your telephone and with your hotspot, you're at the mercy of the weather. You're at your mercy of, you know, so many different factors. So uh, it just highlights the uh, inequities, highlights the uh, need for broadband access uh, across rural settings. Now, you've been in the leadership of the Virginia Rural Health Association. We very much appreciate it. But you're also doing stuff with the Quality of Virginia, too, aren't you? Yes, I happen to be their current board president. Um, and it's an interesting uh, cross-section of, of working with VRHA and working with Equality Virginia uh, because part of the Equality Virginia uh, uh, banner and agenda is healthcare for uh, the LGBTQ community. And so the Pride of Rural Virginia was working uh, on uh, healthcare issues for rural citizens. So it's a, a, a natural partnership of uh, the two organizations. So it, it's been a interesting experience and, and one that uh, I, I am currently uh, still enjoying. Excellent. And so, you know, you've got a lot of leadership activities going on. I've done quite a bit. But, you know, you and I, one of these days, we will retire and there needs to be people to take our place. 
What do you think VRHA could do to cultivate the future generation of rural health leaders? I think uh, continuing to involve the students at the universities uh, in our rural communities, you know, that's one thing that uh, during my time uh, with VRHA, I've seen the growth of student representation uh, in the board, uh, in the conferences, uh, posters, all those different efforts to uh, increase that student uh, participation so that there is a succession plan, that there are folks that uh, are a few years younger than you and I that uh, have this on their mind, have this on their plate, and are actually working towards uh, better rural health. So continuing to uh, increase those students' participation, but also that's another way that representation, having as many different types of people uh, become a part of uh, the Virginia Rural Health Association, that also helps to uh, continue that succession and continue the mission of the organization. And then the last question, question I ask all my guests, if you could do anything what would you do to improve health and health care in rural America? If I could do anything, uh, one of the first things that I would do, Beth, is rural broadband access for everyone. Just so that people could have that opportunity to take advantage of telehealth, that they could have that connectivity to their doctors or some type of healthcare system but also be able to just stay connected and not be so isolated. So I think the first thing that I would do, uh, among other things, would be rural broadband service. Well, you can imagine you are not the only guest with that answer. <laughs> it's an issue. It's an issue, it's and, an I, issue. and I hope that it's something that uh, we can continue to work on and eliminate in the very near future. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you joining me. Thank you, Beth. That's Brian Price advocating for broadband for everyone. For more discussion on rural disparities and how they can be addressed, save the date for the upcoming Virginia Public Health Association Conference. It will be held March 26th, and yours truly will be the keynote speaker. For details and registration, visit vrha.org and click the event listing on the right side of the page. The Rural Health Voice is the podcast of the Virginia Rural Health Association. It is sponsored by the Virginia State Office of Rural Health and underwritten by the National Rural Health Association.